Hi, this is Saqib Rahman with the OrthoClips podcast series. And today I'm with Dr. Ryan Schreider, who's Assistant Professor of Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at Temple University. And he's the co-head team physician for Temple Football and team physician with Temple Athletics. And uh, today we're going to be trying to answer the question, should there be team doctors? Thanks, Ryan, for coming on the show. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So let's get into it. So why is this even a question? Uh, What are the issues that make this worthy of discussion? We all know there there are team doctors, but uh, why should I be asking that question? That's a good question. You know, ever since, you know, we had talked about it, you know, I I thought, and my first gut uh, answer is, well, of course, like there should be team physicians. They're absolutely necessary. And I'm extremely biased because I am one. Um, I think in the same aspect, you could ask players that say, do we need coaches? And they would say, well, no, they're not. They're not running the ball. They're not shooting the pass. They're not hitting the home run. And, you know, do we need managers? Do we need all of this? But uh, I think everyone, you know, to, to not drive home sports analogies, but everybody's a part of the team and everybody has a role. Um, it does get a little complicated and a little complex when you talk about the role and responsibilities of the team physician, especially when you're talking about from a high school to a college to a professional team. Um, and that's where I think we're going to dig in uh, today to discuss those aspects of the role of a team physician. Yeah, I guess what I'm kind of getting at are like, what are the conflicts of interest for the doctor that make this somewhat, somewhat of a unique situation? Because, you know, somebody gets sick, somebody has a problem. They see their doctor, or if it's a kid, their parents take them to go see a doctor. Um, and, um, you know, you have a trusted relationship with your doctor, and it's, you know, the patient and the doctor, and you doctor says, you know, this is what I think is going on, and this is what I think needs to be done. But here, you kind of have the doctor for the team. So the, there is some conflict of interest there, um, which is, I guess, why I think I'm asking the question. So, Maybe you can kind of clarify those conflicts a little bit more. Sure. So, you know, the doctor, the physician, or myself uh, the, is there for a team. I think the, the one easy component or the, the kind of mainstay thought process that I have is, hey, I'm a physician first. I'm here to heal. I'm here to provide treatment. I'm here to provide sound medical care, not only for the athlete, in the moment, but looking at the welfare of the athlete 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Um, And I feel that's a lot of times a perspective that maybe a coach or maybe an athlete doesn't have. In the same way, an athlete's like, hey, I'm going to push myself. I want to get back. Uh, Coach is like, hey, I I want this this kid to to get on the field as quickly and as safely as possible. Um, And so it does push myself or a a, a physician as a team physician to to really practice at the cutting edge of medicine, obviously within the scope of evidence-based medicine. So there is uh, a a responsibility. I think the conflict of interest lies uh, within kind of an obvious um, scenario in which Hollywood has really 
you know, taken the ball and run with it. Um, and is that, oh yeah, the team doctor shoots the guy up with cortisone with a, you know, huge needle into, into the knee or into the shoulder or the team doc is covering up a wound and, you know, letting saying, Hey, get out there. This is a Super Bowl. Let's go. And, um, you know, I, I personally have never seen that exist, thankfully, and, and that's certainly not the, the the trend that a lot of my colleagues practice, both surgically and non-surgically. Um, so, yeah, does the the physician is part of the team, but he is not of the team, or she is not of the team, uh, in that uh, their role uh, as a as a physician is to provide sound medical care and guidance to the athletes. They don't get, there's no wins and losses, um, uh, you know, based on this. Uh, injuries are bound to happen, just like trauma is bound to happen, just like osteoarthritis is bound to happen. So there is a need for a team physician, but when uh, the temptation of, oh, you know, hey, I could, I could really make this guy happy and really make the team happy if I get this guy back, you know, instead of, you know, I take the cast off in, I don't know, four days instead of a week or two, two weeks, or, you know, Ooh, let's, let's just let this, you know, let's push him back out of his normal protocol for surgeries a little bit sooner than later. Um, you just start practicing outside of the scope of evidence-based medicine. And that's where it gets a little tricky because you are getting pressure, um, from not only the player, uh, himself or herself, but also the coaching staff, um, the, the, the teammates of the injured player. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's temptation. And that's where, you know, our, um, oath as physicians, you know, our passion, our ethics and our moral character really needs to step in and, and not be tempted, uh, to veer from, from the guidelines that medicine has, uh, set up. But it does still happen, uh, Dr. Rahman, unfortunately. So I guess I think of an example in that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think in professional football, the uh, concern with head injury um, and there being potential uh, conflict of interest on the part of team physicians prompted an agreement to be had where there would be independent physicians or a neurologist involved. Am I, am I correct? Yeah. In order to sort of mitigate the perception of conflict of interest. I mean, I think that's the main reason that's in place. I mean, because you could just hire a team neurologist, but I thought the thought was, no, there's going to be an independent doctor who doesn't work for the team, and it's mainly because of the perceived conflict of interest. Am I, am I yeah. correct? No, 100%. And the NFL, in, and I think professional sports, is, is very interesting because now you, you know, it was explained to me that professional sports is, the, is one of the highest profile areas of workers' compensation that there is. Um, you have athletes making millions of dollars doing their job which happens to be playing football. The same thing that, you know, a, an eight-year-old is doing or, a, you know, a high school senior is doing. And the, the perception of the 
athlete is very interesting there there's surveys that the nfl has done that showing that you know over half of the nfl players don't trust their medical staff and that they're not satisfied with their medical staff and and i I, you know i don't know how you how how to take that data and and how to look at it or people just upset because you know there's other reasons but maybe there is some truth to that um dr ramon maybe you know, we, you hinted at it that there, there isn't a trust component. And so the players union, um, and the NFL and, and the sports societies, uh, of America did step in and, and recommended this independent medical, um, examination. There's also spotters, um, and that are mandated in the NFL. These are athletic trainers that are in the sideline or usually in the stands and watch the entire game for any head trauma or concern for any uh, traumatic brain injury. The, uh, these athletic trainers have access to the, the full game film and they're able to replay it and they're actually able to stop the game um, at any moment, uh, and they have direct access to the referee to stop these head injuries is that's the, that was the extremely hot topic, um, uh, within the NFL, the NFL players union, as well as a lot of the alumni, uh, looking back at that. And, you know, there's a lot of data and research going back and forth and, you know, what, with the chronic traumatic encephalopathy, um, there's really no, you know, hard, um, and data right now, um, but they're still saying that there is, you know, traumas and concussions and uh, multiple concussions can have a long-lasting effect, as well as a short-term effect as well. And um, me, as a as as a physician, I, I, we're constantly, you know, I'm constantly, you know, being aware of 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 these aspects. Um, and I, I mean, I, it, you know, I there are two different kind of topics too. You know, we're talking about the NFL. I mean, as a college uh, team physician at the division one football level, I mean, I do feel like I am independent of the, um, uh, of the football team. I technically am independent. Um, let me ask and, you, let me ask you a, yeah. a question then. Uh, sure. How do you, so do you think a team physician is more, needed at the high school level or i'll go to the other extreme at the pro level like where is yeah. the you know need for a real team physician more yeah. important oh i mean i think at every level and uh okay but, fair enough. but i but the um but as as a high school i mean they're they're mandated by the pennsylvania interscholastic athletic association i mean this this talk will be biased to to pennsylvania as well but the um but there's a team physician that needs to be at every high school football game. Um, these are high level collision sports, just the, the rate of, of injury and the rate of trauma within these uh, football games. Um, so to have a physician um, ideally with an orthopedic or sports medicine background on the sideline would be very helpful um, to, to not only provide the right diagnosis, but also kind of uh, shift in the right treatment plan. So at, at the high school level, I think that's extremely important. At the college level, I think it's just as important as well. Um, and, and you did mention one thing about a patient relationship. When we're seeing patients from our community, uh, there is a sense of trust. If, if, you, if you can build that trust with the patient, it, the, 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 the outcomes 
um, a lot of times are, are a lot better. I feel that being a part of a team showing up at practice, being at the games, talking to the, to the athletes themselves does build a trust uh, with the, um, with the players. Cause they are your, your patients. Um, I, had I, guess that, I imagine that takes, that takes more effort, you know, than, yeah. you know, a patient just comes to my office. Um, you know, maybe they've made a decision that they're going to come and see me. They could have picked 50 people. Um, mm -hmm. So there's already kind of a little bit of a built-in trust, whereas you kind of have to uh, work at it a little bit. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a little selling point and I feel it definitely makes you be a little comp more confident with your diagnosis because I feel like the, the players will know if, if maybe you don't know what you're talking about or, in, in, or if, if you were, um, you know, unsure, they, 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 it definitely challenges you as a physician, especially um, to make a diagnosis quickly and efficiently and, and to stand by it. And then to be able to, to admit a mistake or admit, um, you know, that, Hey, you know, you know, I thought it was a AC sprain, but here, you know, there, I, it could be coming from your neck. Let's look at your neck. And if the athlete trusts you that, that, that process goes a lot uh, quickly. And I think having a good team around you of athletic trainers, a coaching staff that trusts you and, and if the other teammates trust you that that's, you know, that's, that's bottom line where it, it, it goes really well. You figure with a college team, you have a turnover every four years. With a professional team, geez, you could have some guys on the team for 10, 15 years, whereas you could have a whole set of different players every, you know, six months to, to a year. Um, when In talking about a team position at the professional level, I think it's, it's a lot more difficult um, to gain that trust quickly because um, you figure they've gone through those levels. They already have their people. They have their agents and their, who their agent trusts and who their college coach trusts. And um, hopefully uh, the physicians, the team physicians at those high levels um, kind of have a reputation already so that, that, you know, similar to the example you, you gave with a patient coming to see you already, there's a built-in trust. Hopefully, you know, within large organizations, there's already a trust uh, within right. that. Yeah, and I guess in your position, I mean, you're also trying to be kind of that link between, uh, you know, the training staff and yeah. uh, coaching and everything. Now, are you, so are there other ways that this is done to set up in other countries, do you know, uh, in yeah. other countries that have a lot of organized sports that you kind of have this same system, athletic trainers and team doctors. I mean, is that pretty universal or? Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's very universal. Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm extremely familiar with the American uh, model, but other countries um, that do have similar um, uh, setups from a team position as well as an orthopedist st uh, standpoint. Um, and especially with um, the, 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 the team physician, you, you kind of talked about a link. There's a, a really great article um, as part, part of the American Medical Society of Sports Medicine. It refers to a, a linchpin holding two uh, cogs of a wheel together. And that's what the healthcare provider is or the physician. And then the two cogs are athletic success as well as the athlete's health and safety. And that's, that's 
I thought that was a really good because you figure both are kind of moving independently with health and safety and success, and then you're meant to hold those two together. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a, you know off the top of my head, there's some great research out of um, like the British Journal of Sports Medicine, as well as a lot of really good literature out of Australia as well. Um, um, I'm not as familiar with their setup, but it, it's it's very similar kind of across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, we'll probably wrap up for the sake of time, but I did want to ask sure. one last question. So uh, how do you resolve conflicts of interest? I guess as a specialty or as a, yeah. you know, group of physicians, I'm just trying to think what the corollaries are. I mean, when we think about conflict of interest between, um, physicians and their patients. Uh, we have uh, governing bodies that oversee our conflict of interest with research, for instance. Uh, what's our relationships with industry? How does that, um, how could that potentially be perceived um, when we're treating a patient if we're also decide to use something that we're, you know, a consultant for that company or something? So, I mean, the government, uh, has bodies that oversee this within our own universities. We have that. Does that exist to some extent here? Yeah, it does. The NC- medicine world? It does. Yeah, the NCAA is actually, you know, pretty good and, and really defines that um, where they've really looked at models, um, basically trying to, to create this independent care model in that um, the over, the team physician is not, overseen or supervised by the athletic director or the head coach. So in theory, a head coach cannot just fire a team doctor or even an athletic trainer just because um, he or she did not put that player back out when the coach needed him or that, that physician had to fire, or, you know, had or that physician had to pull the starting quarterback or um, the starting pitcher because, yeah, that that athlete had signs of a concussion. Um, the, those models exist. The NCAA does a, a very good job at, at protecting that. Um, and, a, and a lot of the uh, the universities and athletic directors have have really changed. I think just in the last ten years, to be honest with you, because that wasn't the case uh, uh, years ago. I mean, it still happens, and you can look at, you know, a lot of cases and there's a lot of scrutiny of that. But when it, when I think the question you asked is how I deal with the conflict of interest, I had good advice one time from an NFL team physician that said, Ryan, you don't want to be the nerdy guy on the sideline, but you also don't want to be their buddy that, that they just kind of joke around with and, you know, maybe there could be an element of, you know, taking advantage of you. So you want to be in between, between there, you want them to be open with you, but you also want to um, really be, be able to, to tell them honestly in in your opinion and not get caught up into being a fan. Um, I, I'm, I love when, when our temple football team wins, I love, you know, I'm sure the team doctors are so happy when, when the, um, when the team, wins championships, world series, super bowls, and things like that. But I think in the back of my mind, you know, my success isn't that, uh, you know, based on, 
you know, rings or NCAA championships or Olympic gold medals, you know, that other athletes win because my playing days are over. Um, now I feel my role is to look out and be an advocate for that student athlete. So that's really how I attack me personally, how I attack that conflict of interest. And then there's, again, with, with a lot of governing bodies, um, that protected within the NCAA, within our national societies, the American Medical Society of Sports Medicine as well, uh, as well as the, uh, the Orthopedic Society of Sports Medicine as well. Um, they do a really good job representing us as team physicians um, at, um, in these national meetings um, for coaches, athletic trainers, and for the team physicians uh, you know, uh, around there to kind of prevent uh, unforeseen uh, injuries and, and poor outcomes for not only the athlete in the present time uh, during the game, but also, you know, down the road with these uh, players, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Um, so I, I mean, I feel extremely protected um, even though it exists. Uh, I think recognizing it is important and having a good team. I'm really lucky to have a really good department of physicians um, and, uh, and, and a lot of good resources of athletic trainers around me uh, that I've been trained with and worked with. Um, and, and that's the important uh, way to not only protect ourselves, but to, to protect um, our occupation as team physicians, which I think is a, an important um, role and to be an advocate for these athletes. Great stuff. Yeah, man. Very good. A lot of good tips there. Um, and I think we're about out of time. So I've been talking with uh, Ryan Schreider, who is the uh, co-head team physician at Temple Football. And our topic today has been has been should there be team doctors and a lot of what we talked about revolved around conflict of interest it was a great discussion ryan i want to thank you for coming on the show really appreciate uh, it uh, you're absolutely welcome it was an honor thanks